0: Verse 13, and uh, I'm not going to do this the way a lot of you would ex- expect. This is the Armor of God section, and, uh, you know, we started in Ephesians back in January, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been a long journey, but we've been working on this for some time now. Um, and we, we, we know we've, we've taken several breaks, but uh, there's some things the Lord put in my heart that I want to share with you today. We already shared about Peter and about being imprisoned. He was doing the right thing, but yet he was still imprisoned in chains. And let me tell you, sometimes doing the right thing will get you into hard place. Let me just define something for you. I've got something going on. My vision has gotten better. So my distance vision with my glasses is not good. I can see you better like this and I can so I'm I don't have readers, but I'm going to be back to... I have to read with my glasses, but when I look at you, I can see better without them. So, Mom, I'm back to being nervy about taking glasses on and off. But let me just let you know, the enemy's intention is to keep you from fulfilling what God put you here for. Don't consider it strange that you have battles that you have to fight. Don't consider it unusual that you're facing obstacles in life, you have to make the determination, will I overcome? Will I avail myself of the resources that God has given to me? Will I learn about them? Will I study them? Will I activate them? Will I take them in hand and go to battle? Or am I content to live restricted, restrained, and defeated? Not every battle is a once and done thing. Sometimes it is the good fight of faith. You continue to persevere. You press on. You press in. You make up your mind, I will not be defeated by this. I will overcome. And no matter what it looks like on a stormy day, on a snowy day, on a rainy day, and when the sunshine is shining, you do not get distracted from the big picture, the fight of faith. And you press in. But we've got to stand to fight. So let's start with verse 13. I'm just going to read through this passage. Then we're going to come back and and work with it, okay? You're intended to win. You're intended to win. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, church, be alert. And always keep praying for all the saints. I'm going to read this 19 and 20. Paul's, this is Paul, okay? This is Paul who wrote the majority of the books in the New Testament. This is Paul who was commissioned by God, has a visitation from God when he was going off to persecute the church. This is Paul who was stoned and who was was, uh, imprisoned and and, and shackled and and, and endured all kinds of hardship for the faith. Paul said this, pray also for me. Paul needed prayer. We think he was just a spiritual giant. Paul needed prayer. Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words might be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Why did Paul have to pray that he could fearlessly share the gospel? Why? Anybody here excited about getting stoned? Anybody here excited about getting thrown into prison for your faith? If we knew that that would be what could happen to us if we shared our faith, would you sign up for that? Okay, we're going on a missions trip next week to Iran. Who's in? That was no less a reality for what Paul was facing. He was going to Rome, to Caesar's house, to stand before Caesar. He could be dropped by a sword with just a... A flip of Caesar's hand. But Paul was pressing in. I mean, really? Just think about it. What if, okay, I just kind of flippantly said next week we go into Iran and everybody, I didn't have any takers. What if God said, I want you to go to Iran? Would you wrestle? No wonder that Paul said, Pray with me that I may fearlessly. Make known the mystery of the gospel. What if it became that real to us? That this life and death struggle that's affecting other people's lives and other people's eternal, eternal destiny physically might just be a life and death struggle for us as well as we intend to share. Would we? Are we wanting a visitation or a habitation? How far would you go to be obedient to the Lord? What price would you be willing to pay? Are we sit on the couch and recliner, Christians, Lord, as long as you make it easy for me, I'm in. Thank you, Lord, for showering me with all those blessings. Just don't ask me to do anything that's uncomfortable. Just don't ask me to go somewhere that would make me feel embarrassed or make me feel ashamed or make me be fearful. How comfortable are we as Christians? How far would we be willing to go to be obedient to the call of the Lord? Paul said, verse 20, "For I am am and, 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 sorry, I'm going to get the words out. For I for, so, for which he's talking about the gospel for which I am an ambassador" He's an ambassador. He knew his calling. And then he said in chains because he had already counted the cost. He was already paying the price. And then he said, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Do we stop when fear starts? Do we hide fear? When anxiety or or stress or worry steps in. Look, I'm talking, this is real, people. Because I'm going to tell you this, whatever weapon the enemy has found successful against you in life, whatever he knows will stop you in your tracks. Don't think he's ever going to feel sorry for you. He will continue to utilize that effective weapon against you over and over and over. Any of you, have, this is not a spiritual book, but there are spiritual principles in it, whether they intend it or not. Have you ever read the book, The Act of War? Anybody? Who's read it? What's the guy's name who wrote it? You remember? Yeah, thank you. The Act of War. Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. It's a Chinese strategy book. It's like little phrases and parables and little statements about how to overcome an enemy if you're facing overwhelming odds let the enemy think that he's won and pull back and then as he steps in and thinks he's overcoming you just swoop in and overcome them there's all kinds of strategies in that book it's it was written by many many centuries ago by a a Chinese general and strategist about how to overcome your enemy how to that's the art right the art of war It's read by generals. It's read by people today in the military. It's studied for strategies and how to overcome an enemy. Even overcome an enemy that's overwhelming, but how to lure them in and how to to overcome them. Look, the enemy's got strategies that he'll use against us, but we have to be wiser in using what God has given us than the enemy is against us. Don't think that it's just going to be easy. This walk in the kingdom of God is not just a cakewalk. It is an overcoming walk. Everybody's so excited. <clears throat> I thank you for the amens. It's a warfare that we're fighting. So let, let's, let's go back and read verse 13. It says, so put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Can I just say this? It says, put on the whole armor of God. Are we equipped only for salvation and content with that? I've got my salvation. i got my helmet on. And I'm happy because I know that one day, no matter what I face here on the earth, I'm, I'm, I'm going up. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm okay with just the salvation. You know, all this other stuff, you know, I don't want God meddling or manipulating or telling me to change the way I live I just I got my salvation on you got your salvation on praise God I'm going to heaven one day but well, what if God wanted you to start putting truth around your waist what if God said I, I want you to be gird around your waist I want truthfulness to be a part of your life I want my truth to be infused into your life I want it to be the way you live what if God called us to put righteousness on what if he wanted us to be our feet equipped with the gospel of peace what if he wanted us to be knowledgeable in the gospel of peace so that whatever we face wherever we need to go whatever uh, uh, circumstance or situation we get in we don't have to worry about the fact we know That gospel of peace, we are assured, we're stable in it, we're strong in it, we can climb any mountain, we can go through any obstacle, we don't have to be afraid of the thorns that we're facing as we're walking along. Those feet are prepared, they're equipped to be able to face whatever it is we're facing. What if we, how's our shield of faith? We got our shield of faith strapped on on, or did we leave that back in the closet somewhere? able to extinguish any and all the fiery arrows the fiery darts of the enemy any not one slipping through what if it's a really big fiery dart more than enough it's it all extinguish all what about the sword of the spirit I, had a, I was in the presence of the Lord one time, and I don't, I don't remember if I've shared this with you or not, but it won't be the first time i told the story more than one time. <clears throat> but I remember being in the presence of the Lord one time, and I was actually sitting in a chair, sitting in a chair, bent over, and I saw this long, broad sword. I, I hadn't remembered this, this vision in a long time, but I remembered it just a few weeks ago, the Lord... I, I, I mentioned to Cecile, she said, I remember you telling me that years ago, but I remember this long sword as though God was holding it by the blade, and if I were sitting there leaned over like this, I saw this sword come like this, and as the handle of that sword came to me, it had had the, what do you call the guard, is it the guard? Yeah, the prongs coming outside, and as that sword came down to me, I remember it landing in my hands, and the handle was big enough that both my hands had to take hold of it to be able to hold it, and when it landed in my hands, I said, "Lord, I don't know how to use the sword. It's it's big, it's weighty. I'm not skilled with this. It was a lot. It was more. <clears throat> it was more than you know. It talks about the word of God." being the sword of spirit but it was more than that it was weightiness it was ministry it was god's purpose and plan but I lord i'm unskilled in this lord would you teach me how to wield this sword effectively for you folks the sword that god has given us to do battle on his behalf is more than enough to be able to accomplish anything that has been tasked to overcome But we have got to have the instruction of the Spirit to be able to wield it wisely. Look, you can take the sword of the Lord and not just remove the sin and remove the pain and remove the hurt from people. You can destroy people with God's Word. We can, in religious pride, take the Word of the Lord and defeat the enemy. But we can destroy those that God wants to preserve if we use God's Word against them. We need to use God's word to set them free, break the chains, open prison doors, use God's word to bring life. Look, it's effective. It'll pierce through to the heart. It'll it'll go right past every objection, every restraint that they have, every opposition that they can throw up. It'll pierce right through. Just speak his word. Speak His Word. Let them know how much God loves them. Let them know how He set them free. Let them know the promises. The yellow brick road. Give them hope through the Word of the Lord. Those people are not our obstacle. What has them in bondage is. We're here to be ambassadors of truth and to bring them back to salvation, to infuse them with hope, open their eyes to something they've never seen before. We're not here fighting against people and fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against heavenly forces, and we're trying to set those people free. Amen? And then he said, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. I'm going to come back to that, but let me just, let me just, can I just frame this in a whole different mindset? Let's get our, our mind on today. Uh, turn with me to Romans 12. Uh, You know what? Before we go to Romans 12, let's do this. I'm going to put my finger there, but let's go to Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Thank you. See, God's equipping is complete. He's provided us with every resource that we need to be able to be effective and to overcome, not just so that we can walk free, but so that he can help us set the nations free, set people free, set our families free. He's provided every resource that's necessary. We just need to take up the whole armor. We've got to use the whole arsenal of what God's given us. And let me tell you, you can you may be a a champion in the faith. You may be able to get out there and demolish strongholds and do all kinds of things. But let me tell you, if you can learn to work with somebody else, you can be a whole lot more effective. For two reasons. One is if you are on this spiritual level and they're just starting out, they may need you to instruct them in how to do warfare or teach you how to, I mean, they may need, need you to teach them how to walk this life out it's imperative. We are unsuccessful. We're unsuccessful as the body of Christ as all we do is live successfully in our generation because a part of our purpose is in passing this good gospel on to another generation. We're not just supposed to be living a great life. We're supposed to be sharing a great life. Part of our purpose is reproduction Reproducing another, pa- duplication, reproduction, sharing with somebody else what we've received. What good is we if we develop a life skill and we don't mentor or or apprentice or train somebody else? So don't just l- live a lone ranger, successfully a successful life. Join together with someone. We're stronger together. We all need someone that we can lean on, someone that we can call out to when we're having a some trouble. We all need someone that we're sharing our faith with and sharing our experience with. Nurture somebody else. So let's just, let's just, let's do something fun, okay? Alright, military buffs and technology buffs. Can we think about what are, what are some of the, the brightest, newest, fanciest technological armament that they're coming up in the military arena let's hear some things what are some of the cutting-edge things well, this is some of these people that read popular mechanics and popular science and all what are some, some of the things come on give me some ideas laser-guided missile, laser-guided missile defense drones anybody else f-22 raptor have you seen that thing fly oh my goodness oh my goodness anybody else what are some y'all seen that they're trying to develop exoskeleton technology yeah. you know what that is has it, have this gone over anybody's heads yet okay exoskeleton technology is where they actually developing this external skin armament for people to be able to wear and I'm gonna come to you <laughs> that they and so that you're protected from the outside, but but the the uh, military would be able to have like superhuman strength. That's almost like having an external skin, like a like a uh, uh, huh, Iron Man or something like that, to be able to do warfare, laser guided technology. I mean, laser gu- guided te- defense, where all of a sudden the enemy's trying to send something in before it can even enter your space. You're able to send a laser or something else. A laser now is even and they even have, I hope I don't get a visit from somebody, but they've got sound wave technology now that they can destroy things using intense sound wave. Boo! Just blast it, and the enemy doesn't even know where it came from or what it was. There's no, no residue there. They just know that something got destroyed. Huh? Isn't that awesome? I mean, there's some pretty amazing technology out there. little nanobug things that can fly, and they can... Keep an eye on things. You thought you know, you ever heard that saying, I wish it was a fly on a wall? <laughs> they have learned how to strap things onto the back of a moth and direct where the moth will fly. There's some amazing technology out there. And we could, huh? <laughs> She's one of me to move on. <laughs> this is good, Cecile. There's some amazing things out there. You know that they can. There can be a guy on the ground out there or a, a, a troop on the ground over there, and they're observing the enemy, and they can laze, point a laser at that. This is not even brand new, but they can put a laser on a target out there and a airplane or a battleship out there in the ocean can send a tomahawk, a tomahawk missile or another kind of missile, laser-guided missile, and they can, that troop can pinpoint that missile and that, Missile that's fired from miles and miles and miles away will will be aimed at and, boom, hit that target where that soldier on the ground, the boots on the ground are are lazing that target. He can direct that missile from miles and miles away to hit exactly where it's supposed to hit. The weapons of our warfare are carnal, but let me tell you they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. There is nothing that the military has that God hasn't got something better. Can I just tell you, if you were to try to, if you were to take, and I'm that's where we're going to spend a little time doing that. Let's, let's come back here. I was reading through this. Okay, I, 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 we're going we're gonna to be in 1 Corinthians, but in Romans, it talks about, it spends time talking about the body of Christ and how strategically God put us together. It talks about God gave each one of us, just like a military, God gave each one of us giftings and callings and stations and places and abilities to be able to do things in the body of Christ. When we work together, we're complete and able to accomplish the things that God, we can excel and go beyond what we can accomplish as individuals. Denise, I didn't get back to you, did I? Oh oh my goodness, yeah, that's that's a whole other dimension, isn't it? But God's equipped us all with certain gifts and abilities and things that we see that may be seen differently by other people, but we may have an understanding of it that will help accomplish a task that other people may not even grasp it. He talks about there being being, uh, gifts of prophecy and gifts of service and gifts of teaching and gifts of encouraging and gifts of giving and gifts of administration and gifts of mercy. What What we've termed motivational gifts... I would love to spend some time studying on that or or teaching on that right now. We don't have time for that because we're focusing on something else. I love that. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And what if we just kind of saw this in a whole different... Let's take it from a military strategy perspective when we're thinking about the gifts that God gave us, okay? So we're down at verse 7, and I'm just going to quickly read through and then I'm going to come back and and, and touch on it. Verse 7 says, Now to each one... The manifestation and we talk about that, this is where we're, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good, so to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. We talked about this the other week that that word manifest- manifestation means phanerosis it 's literally the outshining of his glory. it means that it is God. Working through us in a supernatural way. It's not just our own abilities, but there is a supernatural demonstration of His power and ability through us. It's not our ability, but we're learning to yield to the Spirit of God and allow Him to accomplish things through us. And we're stepping into a whole new spiritual dimension when we allow God to operate through us. It's God in us operating through us and there's a supernatural power and dimension to it If I were to step out onto a field and I'm putting myself in the uncomfortable position Rather than saying if you were to step out on the field With somebody who was military trained If I were to have to take a rifle in hand embarrassing. If I were to te- have to take a rifle in hand and, and shoot at a target compared to someone that's a trained marksman, who do you think would do better? Yeah. I remember, I remember Danny talking to me and I told him about something that I shot at the other day and I told him I was hitting the target and he kind of looked at me and he said, now if you could do that, I don't even remember the distance. He said, if you could do that from so many feet and you could put it within a dime, then I'd be impressed. I'm like, mm, kind of... <laughs> burst my bubble. <laughs> Down in Florida, one of my kids came to us and said, Dad, there's a water moccasin in the swimming pool. And when we got out, I ran in the house and got the pellet gun. <laughs> and I came running out there, barefooted. barefooted, thank you. And that thing was out of the pool that was moving along, you know, and I I was a great white hunter from Africa. I i i gotta blow it again. I shot. I don't probably about four or five times. I did not hit the thing. I think I finally took a, a hoe or something like that and stuck it in the ground, and then took the thing and put it on its head and killed it. I couldn't hit it, and I thought. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, I used to sh- go bird hunting or something like that, but. I was terrible. Anyhow, I may be sidetracking on that. But look, compared to somebody that is fully trained and fully equipped, I could not compare. Let me just tell you, a believer, fully equipped and fully seasoned, trained in the Holy Spirit, you can demolish the strongholds of the enemy. They can't stand against you. Amen? So let's take these gifts that have been given the outshining of his glory it is god through us not just your own ability god i can't see myself doing that he said okay i just need you in position because i've got this i need someone to be willing to stand up and get on the front line i got a whole bunch of people want to talk about what needs to happen i got a whole bunch of people that can see that something needs to be happening. i need someone on the front line will you go These gifts aren't just for our good. They're for a world that's in need. They are to advance the kingdom of God. God needs people on the front line. Will you pay the price? Will you go? I might be shouting. <laughs> to one, it says in verse 8, there's been given the Spirit, been given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. So let's go military strategy. What's a, a message of wisdom? What is a message of wisdom? What if, you know, we talk about Sun Tzu, the art of war. What if God supernaturally could give you strategies to overcome the enemy's intentions? Completely, you don't even have to necessarily know, you don't have to have sent a recon team in there, you don't have to have gone and, and done an overview of it. Just God supernaturally gave you wisdom to give advice on how to overcome that strategy might apply to a relationship issue that someone's happened it may apply to a business difficulty it may apply from a government perspective on a struggle that a community is having how to get funding for things but God supernaturally because you are an armed equipped ready to go Uh, soldier in the army of the lord god positions you in a relationship with somebody god positions you in in contact with someone that's in the school system or in the government or in a business situation they're facing an obstacle they don't know how to come and all of a sudden boom there's an activation of the spirit of wisdom inside of you god gives you supernatural discernment of what needs to be said and answer for the circumstances they're facing is it your ability no it's not it was your availability his ability working through you and so strategically god used you to bring wisdom into a situation that completely changed the dimension and left those people wondering how in the world did they know to do that i was talking to a minister just the other day and he had a friend that was selling a piece of land now don't let your eyes roll back in your head when i say this but the piece of land was selling for 20 million dollars he got a contract to sell for 20 million dollars had some contingencies and this person selling the land the landowner called this minister and said look i'm selling this land would you pray with me about that and so the minister prayed and he said look wait six weeks i got 20 million dollars on the table 20 million i've been looking for a sale on this land i got 20 million dollars in it, and you're gonna tell me to wait he didn't say that he said okay i'll wait i want you to know with just a few weeks another offer came in no contingencies 28 million dollars how would you know that? You don't. It, it's a spirit of wisdom. Supernatural insight, supernatural guidance, supernatural strategy, a spirit of wisdom. There's another one here. <coughs> to another, a message of knowledge or, or a gift of, of knowledge. Um, what is that? How do you define that? It's military strategy. How do we define that? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the strong, pulling down of strongholds. <clears throat> someone's facing uh, a challenge in their life and they're wondering why, why am I dealing with this and all of a sudden God gives insight did something happen to you back in your past is there something that, that you've been struggling with and all of a sudden God gives supernatural wisdom to things that have happened or circumstances that are there it's not necessarily about a forward thing but it may be wisdom or insight about that person's life that you didn't really know but God knew you know, there's nothing that's touched your life that God doesn't know about. There's nothing that people, if there's something that is holding you back from being able to live the life that you were created for, don't you think that the one who created you wants you to be free? God already knows what can be accomplished with your life. He wants you to be able to free to be able to live it. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. In a... in a, in a a military strategy. You know, knowledge is a huge thing when you're fighting enemy. How many weapons? What kind of weapons do they have? What are their weaknesses? What are their strengths? So the enemy, so that so, someone who is fighting against an enemy can strategize, how do we do it? What if God just supernaturally said, look, they've got, they don't have any, any ground-to-air missiles. They've got ground-to-ground missiles, and they've got guns and, and artillery, but they're vulnerable to air attack. What do you think our side would do? Let's send in the planes. You know, they can't defend against the airplanes. They send them knowledge. God's supernatural to give knowledge about what's going on in the other of the camp or what is strategically for us, what people need to be free from, what they're struggling with. God speaks to you, and you go up to them, look, I don't know, I don't really, I, I'm, you know, I feel like the Lord's t- telling me something about you. When you were six years old, did you go through this kind of struggle or this kind of conflict? Because I believe God wants to minister to you. And they, I mean, you, uh, it may be just as specific as a date. It may be as specific to a color. It may be very specific like that. But God is supernaturally giving wisdom that those people are hearing and they're knowing, that, that, there's no way that person could know about that. that. That must be God that's speaking to me. It's supernatural, it's weapons of our warfare. They're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. By this by it says um, in verse 9 to another faith by the same spirit. You know what's exciting? You know what's I don't know if you ever seen the movie Patton? Patton gives up and gives us dramatic speech with the American flag back behind him. One thing's that happen when in in high school when you're getting ready to go fight your rival team, they have the pep rally and get everybody pumped up and excited about the game. We're going to win. And I'm I'm not going to attempt to do any cheers up here, but you know the cheerleaders get out there and they try to get everybody, whoo, pom-poms flying. Why are they trying to get you excited about getting out there? We can do it, we can win. The coach in the locker room is pumping you up and telling you about what we've got and what they don't have and we're going to get out there and beat them team. Well, it may not be that kind of way, but let me tell you, there is something that can come upon you in the Lord where faith rises up on the inside. It doesn't matter what that obstacle is that you're facing, but you know, what we've got on the inside is greater than what the enemy's got on the outside. It doesn't matter what the report says. It doesn't matter what the doctor's been telling you. It doesn't matter what the bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what the job situation looks like. You know God's got this. We can overcome. And God on the inside builds your faith and prepares you and equips you to go out out and face what seems to be or what would have been insurmountable obstacles. But it's God in you. I mean, there's so much here. (laughs) By the same spirit to another are gifts of healings. Supernatural impartation of heaven's creative ability to be able to restore and make whole, to demolish the working of the enemy, to demolish the curse of sin. Can you imagine going to war against an enemy? And they do this in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Wolverine. For those who are up to date on the, that movie stuff, Wolverine, he, he's got claws that come out of his hands, but when the enemy wounds him, he's able to heal himself. Can you be, imagine how demoralizing it would be to go to battle against uh, an enemy that when you shot them, you just saw them heal right back up, and they stood right back up and kept right on going? Can you imagine what it would be like for an enemy if you knew that it didn't matter what I did to them. They kept just getting right back up. God kept restoring. Or what if the Lord just started working through his people and God started restoring some things and putting things back in order the way it should have been in order. And they didn't get beaten down by some adversity or some sickness or by... We put all of this on them to try to make them incapacitated so they could not wage war against us but a supernatural administration of healing just came in and God just started bringing restoration and wholeness to people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits. You know, that's another strategy of the enemy, to try to infiltrate and put people in place. Or to try to influence you, but to be able to discern spirits. What if an army was impervious to infiltration, impervious to double agents, impervious to the enemy trying to sneak in and learn the secret plan because it's like God had put a spotlight on the, pe- on, on the people that were there with ulterior motives. There were no leaks. There was no information getting out that needed to be kept secret. God gives discernment of spirit so that we approach somebody and we get to somebody, they may be saying all the right things, they may be acting all the right ways, but the Lord gives discernment. You can see exactly what's going on in their life. I remember years ago, I don't like to get too personal, but I remember seeing someone walk in the church and the Lord spoke to me as they approached the the back door. They were moving from that door through that door, except that that door wasn't there. It was one section closer because we hadn't expanded the building yet so it's about where that last banner was and when they walked in the door i was standing in the hallway and just there was a spiritual alert and when i looked i heard two things i heard jehovah's witness and i heard be careful i thought well that's interesting you know because everything looked great everything looked great i mean they were dressed for church They're ready to go they were exuberant and And about six months in, after they'd been really integrated, uh, I was having a conversation. let me tell you, hearts were knit. I mean, you're building a relationship with folks. And and the gentleman said, yeah, he said, I grew up Jehovah's Witness. Lord, why would you have said number one if there wasn't a number two coming? Jehovah's Witness and be careful. Okay, let me just say this. They were no longer involved with Jehovah's Witness. That was not, not a factor, but that was just a part of the history. But it was discovered later on that they were sent from another state to be able to come here and start a church, and they came here to be able to find people to start a church with. So it was supernatural discernment. It was a discerning of spirits. It's insight that we didn't have, but God gave us the ability to be able to see And understand the motives of the heart to discern what the spirit motivating and and directing. There's super. We can know things that are unknowable to the natural person because God gives us discernment. It's a part of our spiritual warfare. Don't you know? If you were in the military, if you were a military strategist, and you heard that these types of giftings and abilities were available, it didn't take an extra budget to be able to do it. It didn't take. Scientific RR to be able to do it. It didn't take all of that type of thing, but they could be implemented for military strategy. I'm gonna tell you the government would be all over it. Can we get some of that? Cost effective, provided from a divine source, right here for our use, for the kingdom of God. The distinguish between spirits and other sp- speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. Okay, let's talk about tongues. Tongues is one of the most confused things in the body of Christ, even among, even among Pentecostal people, speaking people. Uh, but I grew up in a Pentecostal denomination because of the fact that that was a norm in my church experience. I thought it was normal to just about everybody, and then I started talking with other people started having other conversations i went to a boarding school that didn't have that type of frame of reference and even my own personal experience with the lord i was i can't remember specifically so forgive me about that but i mean remember being down at the altar uh it was right around age eight or nine and having an encounter with the lord ended up spending time with the lord at the altar for about two hours speaking in tongues i didn't understand the theology of it i just had the experience of it okay I just had an encounter with God and had that experience. And I do know that, that they, uh, I don't want to get into that. I'm going to move on. But when I got to high school, all of a sudden I had people teaching that that was not of the Lord and it was back at Pentecost and everything like that. Um, and I asked the Lord, Lord, I don't want to just have this experience because mom and dad said that was the way you're supposed to. I want to know what does the Bible say about this. And if it's really of you, I want to understand it so that I can walk it out. And there's so many different facets to that. People try to categorize and put it in a box. It's an administration of the Lord through us. It's an effectiveness in learning how to yield our members to the Lord, let God work through us. It is true, God supernaturally can give someone the ability to speak in a current use language and be able to communicate the gospel. My dad preached for an hour in a a, a language that he did not know to a people that had never had the gospel. For an hour, he preached to them, and then he prayed. He gave an altar call. People came forward and gave their lives to the Lord. And when he said amen, he could not speak the language any longer. But the teacher who had gotten saved that day, who was supposed to have been an interpreter but not a believer, the teacher got saved that day, ended up becoming the pastor of that local church that got started. And, but God supernaturally gave him another language to speak during the time that he was ministering there. I've heard of people speaking at, at uh, conferences where there are um, uh, different nationalities there and everybody was hearing what they were saying in their own language. In World War II, do you remember the Enigma machine? You know the Enigma machine? This movie's about it. The Enigma machine was this super secret coded message device. There was hard to crack the code. The enemy was at an advantage because they had this enigma machine. But the allies were able to get a hold of it. They were able to, to, to figure it out. and So they had the strategy of the enemy. Let me, let me just say this. There are certain things that need to be communicated into the heavenly realm that God doesn't necessarily need revealed. They're mysteries. There are certain times when I've prayed for people when, when God had me to, to come and, and pray for them and I felt drawn to to pray in the Spirit concerning that person. I believe that there are things that that needed to happen and transpire in those people's lives that God didn't want me to know their stuff. It was personal to them. I didn't need to know what was going on in their lives. It was personal to them. God wasn't revealing it to me, but God wanted to release His will into their lives. I I heard just the other day a minister talking about how that, that God was moving in their church, and they started coming up against some unusual circumstances, situations. And so he sought some counsel about it. And they said, well, the Lord gave a vision to this minister that he had called about specifically positioned people in the congregation that were there doing witchcraft in the congregation, opposing what was going on through the ministry. And the pastor was was suffering some consequences from that. And when it was revealed and when they began to pray against it, then that broke off of them. And... Uh, to make a longer story short, a warlock got saved, got his life transformed, and the pastor was sitting down with him and said, So what is it about your gatherings? What 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 goes on in your gatherings? He says, Oh, we worship, we sing songs, and we worship. He said, We read from the satanic scriptures. He said, We have messages that are brought to us. He said, he said, okay, he said, we speak in tongues. It's a counterfeit. I knew that. It's a counterfeit. The enemy takes everything that's of God and tries to duplicate and distort. Look what he's done to sex. Is sex a good thing or a bad thing? It's a gift of God in the right, in the right environment. But the enemy has taken it and distorted it and brings hurt and pain and destruction. But it was a gift from the Lord. So this, this warlock said that we pray in tongues and he and you know what he said that was really interesting? This is the point where I want to get. He said he said, and, and a lot of people don't get this. A lot of people think that when they have vision or insight into the supernatural realm, that it's all of God. Not everything in the supernatural realm is of God. The enemy works in the supernatural world. So we, even in that dimension, need to be discerning about what we're experiencing just because it's supernatural doesn't mean it's God. So anyhow, but this warlock said that they could see the activity in the spirit realm. And they could see, in churches that prayed in the spirit, said they could see the activity of angelic beings being released to go and fulfill what God wanted done. They could see it in the spirit realm. And they could tell churches that had that experience because of the spiritual activity, doing and accomplishing the things of the Lord, God's will being released. Okay, that may rock people's theology, but... I know that the Lord has had me pray over things I had no knowledge over, and I've seen God set things in. For me, it, uh, uh, when I was going through that process, and I'm saying, Lord, help me to understand what's going on. I remember being at a church. Audrey, you were talking about the Lee Singers being at Farmington last night. I remember traveling with the Emmanuel Singers, and, and when I was searching through this with somebody, I was about this position in a church. I can't tell you what church, but it was in a church, and someone came down to receive prayer. And when I got ready to pray for them, the Lord said, "I want you to pray in the Spirit." And I'm like, "That was uncomfortable to me because it wasn't that didn't feel exercised in that." Okay, but I began to pray in the Spirit, and when I did, I saw when I began, I'd been praying for them in English, and when I started praying in the Spirit, I saw this peace just come over them. Their whole countenance changed, and then they just they received something from the Lord, and it changed them. I thought, "Oh, that was beautiful, that was amazing." And when I started praying in the Spirit, I thought. Wow, that's great, God. So, the ne- my, you know, you immediately say, okay. And then the enemy jumped in and said, look, all they did was hear you doing that, that <laughs> verbal mumbo-jumbo. And they just thought it was something spiritual. It wasn't really spiritual. It was just they heard something different. They thought God was doing something. And that it was just an emotional release for them. It wasn't really a substantive thing. You know, the enemy's going to try to counteract everything. So the next night at the altar call, I was about along the wall over here in the church. And I'd been moving from the back. I had something I had to take care of administratively, and I was coming down, and there was someone that walked down that aisle just really hard in the face. It looked like they'd lived a really hard lifestyle. They walked down and stood over there, and I saw them, and the Spirit of the Lord pointing them out and said, go pray for that person. And I came down here, and when I got about this position, the Lord said, stop. And so I stopped, and that person was standing there. There was no one praying with them. They looked really hard, and they'd been there for a while, but it just there was nothing moving, nothing changing. And the Lord told me to stand right there. He said, now I want you to extend one hand to them and put one hand towards heaven. I'm not trying to give you a method, but this was what God was, the way God was revealing it to me. Heaven released to the earth. And I, I raised my left hand to the Lord, and I raised my, did my other hand like this, and I began to pray in the Spirit right there. And when I started praying in the Spirit, all of a sudden something shifted on that person's countenance. And the Lord just very pointedly struck me it is is not gibberish it is not just somebody hearing some type of spiritual thing and having an emotional response it was a release of the authority and the and it's intercession from heaven going over them it is a spiritual work being accomplished in their life so the lord demonstrated even by distance laser guided missiles let me tell you something there's no distance with prayer God knows exactly what the intended target in is. And it doesn't matter how far they are or what they're going through or how deep the bunker that they've been buried in is. God's spirit can get through to them. Prayer is effective. It is effectual. It's one of the weapons of our warfare. And it is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, I need to find a place to close. Let me just tell you this. There is nothing that the enemy has in his camp that God doesn't have something that can overcome. They're the armies of this world. If they knew what we had been equipped with, they would be envious of the resources that we have. We don't have to pile on a backpack. We don't have to march around in boots. We don't have to to, uh, have armament to get us out on the battlefield. We can sit right where we are and get an inspiration from the Lord and release a guided missile on God's behalf and set somebody free. The, The armies of the world would be envious of what we have. The only thing that we need is an army that will stand up. We need a people that will recognize what we've been given and be willing to take the field for the Lord, to take the time. If the enemy is waging a war against this generation in one specific way, I'm going to tell you one of the things that we will recognize that he is waging war against our time. How many of you wish you had more than 24 hours in a day? If we got a gap in time, we find something to fill it with. <laughs> I do the same thing. I just get caught up. What is it? I can't believe. Can you look at that? Isn't that amazing? Look at that traffic situation, worst wrecks, or the all kinds of goofy stuff out there that we spend our time with. It's okay to have fun, but let's make sure that we use our time wisely. Okay. I read something the other day, and it said that what makes something really precious is when it's rare. If, if our floors were covered with diamonds, it'd look great, but all of a sudden, it'd just become commonplace to us. But when something is rare, we look at our life and we say, well, I, I, I'll do that tomorrow, or I'll get to that down the road. But like this author I was reading after said, you, what you got to understand that your life is just one moment in an eternity. If you measure your life based on eternity, it's only just it's an etern- one eternity. I don't know where he got that word from. One eternity. You've only got this little bit of time to be able to accomplish what God put you here for. So don't waste a moment. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Don't. I'm going to talk to them tomorrow. I'm going to pray for them tomorrow. If you can pray for them today, if the, the opportunity shows itself today, use today. Because they may need tomorrow to do to grow, to move into what God's calling them to go. So do it today. God just needs an army to take the field. God needs, needs an army to, to arm itself with the full armor of God and get out there and do what we've been called to do. That's the people that we are. That's what we've been called to do to set the nations free, to to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. Amen? Can you stand with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm excited about having had the opportunity to share this today because I've been excited about it. The weapons of our warfare, they may not be carnal. They may not have camo paint on them or anything like that. But let me tell you, they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Lord God, Lord, would you commission us Your God, help us to understand what our mission is. Help us to understand the field that we're standing on, your God. Help us to understand, your Lord, and recognize what you have put in our hands, Lord, that there is nothing that the enemy has, your Lord, that will overcome and will beat us down. It doesn't matter what we face in life, your God. You are a more than enough God, your God. You have equipped us for that battle, your God. You've given us provision, and, Lord, you've given us brothers and sisters to stand with us when we need them, your God. So, Lord... Holy Spirit, we call on you to activate what you've already instilled, your Lord. And Lord, what we have not recognized and haven't received yet, Lord, would you give us all that's needed, your Lord, to be able to do the work that you've called us to do. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, your God. Demolish the strongholds of heaven, your Lord, and set the captives free. God, use us the week, this week, your Lord, to do the things that need to be done.